Welcome to Craft of Code, a podcast brought to you by Linode that explores the stories of developers, entrepreneurs, and enterprises of all sizes from all over the world who share our mission to make cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible to all. Gaming is a $300 billion industry. More than 3 billion people play video games worldwide. It's a massive and an extremely passionate community. Today's guest took his passion for gaming and turned it into a blog. That blog took off, and it's exploded into an online brand recognized by gamers everywhere, an independent blog holding its own against the bigger corporate gaming sites. Rutledge Doggett is the CEO and founder of TechRaptor, an online publishing company focused on the gaming industry. Welcome to the Craft of Code, Rutledge. Thanks. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into the publishing business. Where did this passion for gaming come from? Um, I mean, I grew up a gamer. I think most people in the the kind of millennial age group definitely did. Um, for me, it was Commander Keen on MS-DOS. My dad is in the, the tech industry. He's a programmer. And so we always had a computer at home. Um, so, I, you know, I went MS-DOS 3.1, Windows XP, so on and so forth. Um, so I was introduced pretty early on uh, with what kids are calling save icons that had games on them. So started early around, I don't know, maybe five or six for the most part, and then gradually moved into PlayStation, Xbox and, and PC gaming. And how did that translate into, you know, evolve into getting you into the publishing business? Um, in a weird roundabout way, um, I went to college for game and simulation programming so my degree is actually in game development but i took a job in it about halfway through college and 14 years later i'm still in that industry as a day job but still have a lot of passion around gaming so it it just kind of made sense to me to start blogging about games and even some of the the tech stuff that i saw early on and then it just started turning into something a a lot more than just kind of a passion project. So let's explain the importance of gaming sites for listeners who may not be familiar with this industry. What kind of content do, you know, do gaming sites deliver and and what kind of traffic are you, are we talking about here? Yeah, I mean, it, it ranges from publisher to publisher. For us, we publish across both video games and tabletop and board gaming and stuff like that. We publish news, reviews, features, which are kind of like either opinion or um, deep dives into like historical stuff and then you know, reviews, guides, things like that. So for us, a, a, a big part of what we do is informative. I think that's at least my number one goal as an outlet is to be informative more so than drive hate clicks or anything like that. Uh, and then really, I mean... From a page view and and kind of size perspective, it really ranges. Um, I've got competitors that are in the, you know, 100,000 to 300,000 page views a month. We're in the one to two plus million page views a month range. And then we've got competitors that are in the tens of millions. IGN is probably the biggest, the most recognizable name. They're in the hundreds of millions. They are the titan in the gaming industry. Um, but there's a lot more smaller gaming sites that are starting to pick up traction. And with how the industry is, especially in 2023 right now, um, there's a lot of opportunity for smaller 
outlets that are not as corporate driven to grow. Yeah, like in the cloud, it's a it's a big pie, and you know you call them you know the competitors, but the reality is you take a tech raptor takes a has a different culture and takes a different approach to content development from than most other sites out there. Talk to me a little bit about like how why why is that and how is that approach different? The gaming industry is at times predatory. If we're being completely honest, I think that there's a lot of corporate interest and investor interest in the space because there is money here. You can make money with gaming and publishing and things like that. The problem with the current gaming industry is that the passion from a lot of people turns into willingness to take lower rates or toxic environments just to be able to write about what they love. And so one of the struggles of the industry right now is fair pay, good treatment, things like that. And one of the number one focuses for me is building a culture first outlet. Um, A lot of what we do when we're going through the hiring process is not purely just, I'll be honest, I could care less about your resume. I want to see writing chops and I want to see, you know, a willingness to learn as well as uh, kind of your personality. How are you going to jive with the rest of the team? Are you going to be collaborative? Are you going to be um, positive in our Slack channels and, and lifting up your coworkers? And so we've spent the last couple of years really honing in on that and making sure that as people come in, they're experiencing an incredible culture, a place they want to work. And then for some people, they may leave and go to another outlet and come back. And we've had a lot of that recently where it was like, I just... I didn't feel comfortable at this other place. I wanted to come back here. And so for me, that's a huge driving factor behind a lot of my decision making is how do I build a company and a brand that people want to keep coming back to, not just staff, but also readers as well. So a lot of that is driven by policy. A lot of it is driven by, um, for me, transparency. Um, that's you know my number one goal is being transparent with my team and then pay. You know, we outpay competitors that are five to 10 times our size. That's a big selling point for me in terms of what we're doing. I want to make sure that people feel compensated for their time. And granted, I can't pay the same rates as some of our largest competitors, but I pay as high as I possibly can. Um, and so for me, it's it's super important. I think a lot of publishers look at it as a pick two. You can have speed, you can have quality, or you can have low cost. And for a lot of them, it's speed and low quality or speed and low cost with the uh, just leaving quality on the table. Sounds like an amazing culture that you're building there. And, you know, it's one that probably a lot of companies could could try to replicate if they uh, if they, if they really care, you know, so I want to switch gears a little bit because you have, you know, you build it, you build the culture. Right. And you build that a little bit differently, but it's, you know, it still needs to ride on something. It's still a, you, there's, you still need some infrastructure and some technology to build this. And I know Tech Raptor started as a tech blog on Blogspot, I think, mm-hmm. uh, of all things, right? Where you, where you started to share your personal thoughts and game reviews, you know, but as it, as it grew and it got more popular, I'm sure that put new demands on your tech stack. Right. So how'd you manage that growth? Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what's underlying all of this outside of the human element. Yeah. So started on Blogspot just to kind of test the waters and start understanding, you know, what it takes to create content. After a bit, we hit like the 30,000 page view a month 
range. Well, I should say I hit it. It was just me. And then we looked at, or I looked into WordPress, set up shared hosting on a hosting platform that was fairly cheap, you know, $30, $40 a month. And started building a team around that, started figuring out, okay, how does WordPress work? How does how does publishing work? How do I, you know, build a brand around a lot of this? And then we started picking up steam um, and our host started shutting us down every month um, because we weren't, they only allowed for a certain amount of traffic. They didn't really have a lot of options for growth past that. They weren't expecting sites that were doing two, 300,000 page views a month. Um, and on WordPress that, that does take a fair amount of resources, um, especially depending on, you know, how you build your stack. So buddy of mine got together with me and we just kind of felt our way through building up a virtual private server, which, you know, Linode has a ton of options there. We started on a really small node, I think just basic. There were no dedicated resources, minimal RAM, that kind of stuff. And we, we built a platform on Nginx and Arch Linux because Apache and I don't get what, get along well. So we stood that up, it did pretty well. And then we really started performance tweaking it just to see what we could do. And I think at one point early on, we did some stress testing to where we could handle 70,000 page views a minute. At the, at the time that was like a half month of views, but it was kind of cool to see like, okay, we can build something neat on this. And then from there, we've kind of grown our expertise when it comes to Nginx, uh, when it comes to MariaDB, setting up Redis, and really just kind of fine-tuning everything on that server, especially as we move to a platform like Drupal that is um, at times more resource-intensive, but also less stressful on the server itself. So it's it's been a journey. And something we've seen with a with a with a lot of customers over the years is you know they start out they start out testing it out because of the way Linode was you know, the infrastructure's built and the simplicity of it and the flexibility, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention the openness. Uh, and then if you realized, oh, I can actually scale here too. Yeah. I mean, we, every time we needed to scale, we would uh, basically just resize the node, which is a, a great thing for us, especially knowing like sometimes I may need to, like I'm expecting a huge game release. We're going to drop a ton of content. I'm expecting our traffic to go up significantly. I can quickly resize my node to two, three, four times the size and the server just adjusts. Um, I don't have to do a ton. Like obviously I have to do a little bit on the back end to maybe say, Hey, Redis, you can have more RAM and SQL. You can have a couple more workers, but I can scale up and down kind of on the fly for the most part with the amount of development we do. One of the nice things is being able to just clone my, my node real quick. Um, make some changes in Nginx and boom, that's my development server replicated almost identical to the existing server. Um, We do that every six months for the most part. So we develop on the dev server, push from dev server to prod server. And then anytime we make major changes to the production server, we delete the dev server, clone the prod, and then continue the ongoing development. Yeah. And outside of the the tech uh, and the infrastructure, you know, it makes me think back to the start of this conversation when you were talking about culture and, you know, this very similar cultures in there in terms of building a community and support around that. Have you t- had to tap into support the support system at Linode at all? Here and there. Um, we've definitely had periods where we've had issues with 
the underlying hardware that our node is on um, and usually supports pretty quick to just move us to another piece of hardware or, you know, call out issues with our VM. But we haven't had too many issues and, and the team is usually pretty communicative um, in terms of, hey, we're going to have five minutes of downtime. We've got to shift your node from from one farm to the other or whatever might be going on in the background. And from a, a downtime perspective, it's usually pretty minimal, like 10 minutes at the most. It's been solid. Awesome. So any words of advice for other content crea- creators out there? Not your competitors, obviously, but any other content creators uh, that may just be starting out uh, but are as pas- have a passionate community and are have a vision for massive growth, sort of like what, what you've seen with TechRaptor? Stick with it. With content creation, there is periods of stagnation in terms of we – we're at one size, we grew a couple steps up, and then we typically sit at that step up for a bit, and then we grow again. So there's periods where you will definitely be frustrated, where you're like, why am I not growing? Why am I not seeing page views increase? And then suddenly, page views will increase. Um, it just takes time, especially when it comes to things like SEO. You're not going to make a change to the site and see overnight changes. It takes weeks and months for that algorithm to catch up to the positive changes that you're making. Uh, so ongoing development is super important or taking a wait and see approach. Uh, I think a lot of sites get into a mindset of, you know, if it's not working, let's give up or, you know, we're not growing, we're not doing well, rather than continuing to iterate, which can be stressful when it comes to you know, your expectations. And I mean, the big thing is focus on brand and quality over money. I think one of the things that's served us well is that I pick partners. I don't necessarily pick vendors and I don't, I go out of my way not to jump vendor to vendor, Um, especially when it comes to ads. I think that there are a lot of options out there for advertising and there are a lot of companies that will make promises um, in terms of, hey, I can 3X your revenue. And then you reply and say, do you even know what my revenue is? And they're like, no, I just assumed. And so you're going to waste a lot of time on those kind of conversations where you're running through this whole process for a month and turns out, oh yeah, they can't even come close to matching your revenue. So pick partners that are communicative, that are collaborative. Um, and sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice money for quality. I think that it is easy to give up your brand or your quality to make a quick buck, but longer term, that quick buck is going to hurt you. So just take the time to build the quality, build the brand and money will come. It'll take longer, but you're going to build something that's a lot stronger and it's going to last a lot, lot longer. That's great advice. Uh, Keep following that passion and keep building out that quality. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Rutledge. Uh, where can people find you or Tech Raptor if they want to get uh, involved or if they happen to maybe want to, you know, want to join that team? Sure. So um, or try to. Yeah. I mean, my personal stuff, I am I'm primarily on Twitter at The Real Rutledge. And uh, I also have a personal blog, RutledgeDogette.com, where I'm starting to kind of share some of my insights around publishing um, business and culture and things of that nature. And then if you're looking for gaming news, reviews, guides, um, we are techraptor.net and pretty much at techraptor on all social platforms. Thanks so much. 
Thanks for listening to Craft of Code. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please subscribe to make sure you're the first to hear when we release future episodes. And we'd love it if you left a review. 